This podcast is proudly supported by Red Energy, most satisfied customers 11 years in a row. Isn't it time you called Red Energy on 131 806? And Prince Wine Store, bringing wine enthusiasts the greatest wine in the world. Anna and I have both come down with a very bad case of Olympic fever. So I like the fact he'll say they're breathing every fourth stroke and they're kicking here. I mean, stuff that Basil has no idea about. Thorpey gives you just that little bit of an insight what it is to pull on the flippers and get the goggles on. Having covered a few Olympics and got to know a bit about how the IOC works, they honestly think they're above politics. They honestly think they're, they're their own country and they're bigger than most royal families. I achieved nothing. This lockdown, I thought I'm going to do differently to other lockdowns, so I just got on the sofa. I've almost got bed sores. The other godsend for me has been, you know, the new puppy. I went and collected her very, very late at night the other night after an episode of Footy Classified and did the handover. It was like a drug deal in the middle of the night. Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin. Welcome everybody to episode 182 of Don't Shoot the Messenger. I am Caroline Wilson. My dear friend and on-air partner Corrie Perkin is having a well-deserved week away, very busy packing up her beautiful bookshop, so we send her lots of love. But in her place, I'm thrilled to announce Anna from the Op Shop has come off the pine. Hello, Anna. Good morning, Caro. Hi, Jane. (laughs) There is a lot to talk about today. Anna and I are both come down with a very bad case of Olympic fever. So we're going to be talking about that. We're out of lockdown. I think Anna is particularly happy about that. She was back in the op shop yesterday. We'll talk about all of that. We thank our wonderful sponsors. The most satisfied customers 11 years in a row are Red Energy. So please sign up and we'll tell you a bit about that later on. And of course, we'll be opening up the cocktail cabinet thanks to Prince wine store. And this week, well, we're not going to spend a lot of time travelling Spain, although Anna's a veteran traveller of the um, that beautiful area. What's it, Anna? And- Andalusia? Andalusia? And is that yes, how you say it? I think it I probably think is. I it's think so it. long since I've travelled, I've forgotten how to speak. <laughs> but Miles has got some lovely Spanish wines, so we're, we're looking forward to that. A little bit of housekeeping. Our friend Roe Thompson via Instagram loves Corrie's idea of the suspended coffee. She doesn't go a day without visiting her local barista wherever she is. It's a small gesture, but a free coffee could really make someone smile. Loving the potty. Some great French travel recommendations. A lovely picture from Sean. O'Sullivan, breakfast treats at her local patisserie on a Paris trip with her daughter in February 2020. Seems like a long time ago. Janice Stanton via Instagram talks about Monet's gardens in Giverny, like walking into one of his paintings. That is absolutely true. Um, Beck Franks via Insta talks about a city in France called Carcassonne, which is famous for an incredibly beautiful citadel that sits atop a hill, dating back to um, Gallo-Gaulo, Gallo-Roman times. She was there in 2014. My beautiful daughter, Rose Anna, spent a, a mini break there last weekend. How you fantastic. It? I'm so happy to hear that. Caught the train with a couple of um, fairy godmothers from Amsterdam <laughs> and just had a night in Paris, basically walking the streets, visiting some of the shops, eating in the restaurants, absolutely visiting a couple of bars. Nothing's changed, she said, although it was very, very quiet. Oh, how fabulous. It's it's actually unimaginable to think we'll get back overseas. I know. It just seems it seems just so foreign. 
the well, whole concept. We're doing it in our heads at the moment yeah. and you and I are looking forward to any sort of holiday. Exactly. We're very happy to go somewhere in Australia. So, Anna, item one, um, we've emerged from lockdown. I love the way lockdown 5.0, they're like showdowns. <laughs> we're not at the Adelaide Oval, though, but we are back in the streets of Melbourne. How did you find this particular lockdown? I don't think you enjoyed it all that much. No, I never enjoy them. And I, I think I was so shocked that this one just came upon me. I don't think I was across how bad the Delta strain was and all of that. So I was completely shocked and I was disappointed in Victorians and I was disappointed in myself that it was just, I was so grumpy and grouchy. No, I found it really hard, really it ha- hard. It happened very quickly though, didn't it? I because know. We were know. at work on Thursday and suddenly five o'clock we were closed. Yeah, extraordinary. So did you do, you know, did you achieve any great... I achieved nothing. This lockdown, I thought I'm going to do differently to other lockdowns. So I just got on the sofa. I've almost got bed sores. And I read lots of books, which something I normally haven't done. I didn't look in a cupboard. I just did none of that normal, boring stuff. I just thought, what's the point? No, it, it, I think just, I think there was there was a bit of that. Not helped by the fact that the weather was absolutely disgusting. Weather was ghastly. It was I mean it was enough to walk your dogs. There was no extra walking with friends. No. And I don't know about you, but I just didn't do any of that. Perhaps run into someone in a park with a nice drink and a nice Negroni in a coffee cup. I did none of that. We just stayed home, which was pretty boring. But. Yeah, look, well, well, obviously work kept me vaguely busy. Corrie and I did, as we we don't like doing the podcast remotely, so it's really nice, Jane, to be back in the studio with you today and your beautiful camellias as part of another beautiful posy. Um, I, I think also, Anna, yeah, I, I said the weather, the sort of that lurking, law, um, haunting fear of what's going on up in Sydney and the fact that, it, you know, even though we're out now, it could happen again. Oh, New South Wales was just a horrible spectre, wasn't it? And so depressing for them. And Caro, you've got family there. Just the thought of a nine-week lockdown for Mogs and Will. I know. It's just heartbreaking. I know. 60th. A te- well, know. a cheerio to my um, little niece, India. Well, not so little niece, India, who turns 20 today. Um, unfortunately, won't be having a party. But, you know, look, there are worse things, as we know. And so many people have had birthdays during one of these lockdowns. But I think the fact that now they know it's another month. So, yeah, Will turned 60. I know. That's all, you know, gone by the wayside. Our friend Bill, he um, was in country New South Wales to celebrate his 60th. But normally we'd all be together. So... It's, yeah, that's and, the worst thing, isn't it? And I think also, you know it's bad when you're doing it and then you come out of lockdown, it's like you've been released from prison and you're so tragically happy that you're out and about, it's pathetic. But then <laughs> there's still, fair enough, there's still all these other lockdowns. So, you know, we had a wedding, well, that's now off for the second time. Chris's sister was having a milestone birthday, that's off for the second time. She just sent out an email saying, see you at Christmas. And I thought, you know, it's really sad. These are big, major things in people's lives, yeah. unable to be celebrated or documented. Or our, our plan, our great ambition is to all be together for Christmas. But who knows? And um, look, without obviously getting political, because I just hate the way politics has become the story in these this horrible pandemic. But how have you found Gladys in the last couple of weeks? Oh well, she's looking a little bit um. Moth-eaten Gladys, isn't she? A little bit ravaged around the um, edges. No, the poor thing. She's yeah, incredibly stressed. You can tell she's so under... stressed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Really, really stressed. Obviously, you know, there's there's no apology for maybe waiting a few days longer than she should have to lock down. I know certainly the AFL where I work, you know, wish she'd locked down a few days earlier. 
obviously she had huge faith in her contract traces, contact traces. Probably, you know... Could have gone a bit harder, I think, perhaps on the word lockdown. I didn't really say, I mean, I I don't, I hate that Victorian New South Wales comparison, but they did seem to be doing an awful lot of house hunting and... It is, it Shopping is a, for handbags. and It is a different lockdown. I mean, yeah. obviously, department stores were open when ours were shut. Now they're closed. Um, yeah, open for inspections, golf. Um, there seemed to be a lot of people at Bondi. Bondi, oh. mind you, I walked to um, one of my local parks very near where your mum, Sarah, lives last weekend, and I've never seen so many people. Really? Yeah. Just, you know, desperately out, you know, boys kicking the footy, absolutely fair enough. Blokes just standing around, huddling, huddling in the freezing <laughs> cold, drinking coffees. But anyway, we've got through at this particular time and you were back in the op shop. How was it yesterday? Back in the op shop yesterday, which was fabulous. And you really realise that we have lots of volunteers that we couldn't do with that. And they really missed work. Like everyone you spoke to was just so happy to be back. I think no one thought it was going to extend for another seven days. So that was, you could do the five days, but it was the real kick in the guts on Tuesday when they said you won't be doing anything till Wednesday week. week. And I I just think in the middle of winter, as you say, terrible weather, people were just really, I mean, they they know they've got to do it, but I think it was just really hard for a lot of people, especially if you live on your own. You don't have someone to grizzle to, to cook meals for, to laugh about stuff. Just you're not hearing another voice. You know, it's really grim. Yeah, I'm, I'm, mental health has been, I think, huge in this last lockdown. I'm really yes, I, I agree. Really big, and I'm really glad. Look, obviously, the Olympics has been an enormous, oh. um, you know, just an enormous distraction. I'm really glad. I've you know live really near Mum, and so I was able to you know in in her single bubble go and see her, and we had some you know we were able to catch up a lot. So I think she's probably quite enjoyed it. I think people, some people, actually who wanted a bit of a break, actually threw themselves into um, into some home duties. I mean, I think I, I do know a few people who did, but I know others like Corrie who, you know, was closing up her bookshop. The timing just couldn't, couldn't have, have been, been worse. Couldn't have been worse. So unfortunate. But anyway, look, um, we're out of it for now. No, look, it was great to be back at work. We had actually a rip snorter of the day, as Dad oh, would say. When so, don't you? No, it was a really good day. Although I have to say, I think people, you know, every, at the end of every lockdown, you get everyone's ghastly um, donations. You know, they're really scrounging around for something to do. This lockdown, lockdown five seemed to be Christmas decorations. I have never been more flooded. Oh, Anna, you... Scrappy old bits of, you know, wrapping paper and... You and I, you know, do love a bit of a Christmas decoration. In fact, we have a tradition of giving each other anything that, you know, might, you know... No. Come my way. Caro, absolutely <laughs> not. No. Jane. Do you think that's because people have gone, stuff it, I'm throwing them out yeah. I'm, and I'm going to treat myself yeah. to new decorations this year? I think people have just thought life is too short. I don't know what I'm doing with those kiddies kindergarten <laughs> decks. They're going and I'm, you know, hitting DJs and... It could be worse, Anna. We could be homeschooling. Oh, I don't reckon either of us would be very good at that. Carol, no, it, look, <laughs> like <I'm>, Jane. <laughs> Jane, I don't know how you do it. I mean, it's bad enough just your husband and a couple of dogs. No, it's you know. just think of the teachers. If I have to hear a teacher say one more time, could you please mute Johnny or unmute Johnny? Like the 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 teachers. It's not. Anything compared to what the teachers have been through, I think the parents. No, we've no. We've, we've got a few teachers in our family, and um, yeah, the other godsend for me just quickly has been, you know, the new puppy. Oh. she's been such a. And in fact, um, there was a request from a family member 
These initials are Clementine. <laughs> can I please have the puppy? Can I please have Queenie for a few days? How so, did Queenie go on the sleepover? Um, had had a few nights away. Really enjoyed her sleepover. Did the you mean- miss her? I, well, look, I did miss her. Brendan really missed her. I went and collected her very, very late at night the other night after an episode of Footy Classified and did the handover. It was like a drug deal in the middle of the night. <laughs> did she go berserk when she saw you? Very happy to see me, but just mm. nestled into her little bed in the back of back seat of the car and fell asleep again. I think Clem's house were very sad to see her go and she made some new friends at her local dog park and my, had a few little accidents, because which she stopped doing for us because I think, you know, Different oh, environment. Different and different smells. and But she's got Northside. I mean, she's the absolute hipster. <laughs> hipster of the hound world. That's what Brendan <laughs> said. And uh, back to the Olympics. Um, so, look, I heard a report on the news this morning that Tokyo's um, numbers, COVID numbers, are out of control and the oh, mayor's saying the Olympics will go on. I just stopped dead in my tracks. No, they can't stop the Olympics now. I'd die. Surely the Olympics is just in its own bubble and Tokyo can have tsunamis, yep. whatever, they're having tempests, whatever is coming their way. I think we, they couldn't stop now. I, I think it would be amazing if they stopped now. They've okay. got this far. Um, look, they're, they're fulfilling requirements. It's been, it started off pretty sadly, didn't it, with that rather underwhelming opening ceremony. Depressing, underwhelming. I you mean, just felt so sorry for them when you thought of the celebration of Sydney and what that was like. Oh, and didn't it make you think of every Olympic opening ceremony. I mean, we went through the horses. We went through Nicky Webster on the thong. (laughs) (laughs) Then we went through... The archer in Barcelona. And then was was the LA guy when they came in on the... He was like a spaceman. Yes. Did he come in with a backpack and a... And we all thought that was so over the top at the time. Just so American. And people trying to be positive going, but what about those drones? I was going, really? You're really trying to talk it up now? This is um, oh. for the Tokyo one. No. It, even the Australians coming out. Look, it was lovely and I love Paddy Mills and it was a great... No, it, it was too. It was actually too much modern dance in the beginning. I just thought, oh my God, I could be in Carlton watching some terrible... You know, yeah. modern did, dance performance, no. Did, and, you know, having look, having been to Athens, London and Sydney and all of them absolutely brilliant in their own ways. No, look, I, I felt pretty sad for them, but I knew the second the swimming started well, that the I'd minute be glued, we got in the pool. But what, uh, can sorry. I just ask, you know, normally at the Olympics you have a sort of a, a history of the, the country and, I mean, I don't mean to be stereotypical and say cherry blossom and tea ceremonies and mountains. There's enough of that on Seven Sunrise with Koshi. What the hell? I saw it this morning. I'm surprised they're not in kimonos. I know. (laughs) Eating sushi. Totally. But I just didn't feel we got enough of the culture of Japan and it was just all, maybe I just missed it. Maybe I was tired. Maybe I was grumpy. No, look, I I think... um, But in the cheap, from the cheap seats, I thought... I mean, I was sort of glad it didn't go for hours and hours, but the minute the Aussies were in the stadium, I was straight to bed. I think there'll be more... um I think there'll be more in the closing ceremony. That's, you know, when maybe we'll see the sumo wrestlers. Look, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and and a bit more of the history. I think, look, obviously it was parred down to an enormous yeah. degree. A lot of money was saved. I don't know how much they've got back in insurance. I'd hate to look at the finances of but it all. even those drones, as our friend Mary said, I mean, doing all that probably could have, you know, helped a small country get out of worldwide debt. I mean, it was just... I don't know. It's just well, underwhelming for they me. They all, um, yeah. Look, I mean, if you if you look at all the money spent on Olympics every yeah. year, you'd say that. But the yeah. uh, the other thing was that um, it was so much more global. 
you know, the red stretchy yes. stuff that's, you know... The Uniting us all. And that's while, what I while mean. While we're apart. I mean, yeah. I, I found that a little bit, you know, modern dance from moi. Well, well, we wanted escapism from COVID. We didn't want to be reminded. I mean, I know that's being unrealistic, but... No, but how happy are we in the pool? Well, actually, in, in, on any water... Well, watery surface. Australia, exactly. It doesn't matter whether I mean, it's rowing or slalom or surfing. I mean, look, there have been disappointments. Some of our world champions haven't been able to win gold, which is obviously really disappointing for them, but and I great TV sa- for us. And sad for Mac Horton, you know, not to be able to back it up in some shape or form. I know, it was I really, know. He's such a lovely guy. He is. He's a really impressive bloke, and he took that stand against the drug exactly. takers. Exactly, yeah. But he, um, look, he's, he's got a gold medal. Yeah. I must say, our Ari, you know, <laughs> as we now know we're in our Ari. house. At the, and from this morning, she was completely claiming her Tasmanian heritage. Which is On fantastic. the telly. It was probably last night, but I missed it. Yeah, yeah no, I'm absolutely yeah. loving the Tasmanian element. There's been a couple of Tasmanian medalists, which is great. The rowing, and oh. as we sit here today, we've both seen the rowing, you probably on replay because yeah. you were working. I watched it live. I mean, to be quite having a lengthy lead in both of the foursomes, two awesome foursomes, men's and women's, and to hold on, it was just extraordinary. So exciting. Even yeah. I mean, even when you know They've won the gold. It's still exciting. Um, just cheering on at home. I've been tragic, absolutely tragic. Did, did you um, last week? Just, we, Corey and I spoke about um, Gladys, not Gladys Berejik, Anastasia Palaszczuk. Got my yeah. premiers wrong, <laughs> and um, her press. Con- well, the fact that she went over to Queen, uh, went over to Japan. We were both saying every right to go. The press conference with John Coates hadn't been held at the time we spoke. And um, I was just, I mean, I know everyone said it was set up and he was doing her a favour. What a horrible piece of work that was. Completely patronising. Absolutely. Oh, it was revolting. Absolutely revolting. And I don't know if it's my only, one of the best things about the Olympics, I know we're getting to this, Roy and HG. Oh, I haven't seen any Roy no, and HG. They're on. I've, that was my one question before the opening ceremony. What are Roy and HG doing? Well, I'm here to tell you they're doing a, uh, I don't know if it's a podcast, but it's a show every weekday and you can download it. So it probably is a podcast called Dodging Armageddon. Can you imagine how much they went to town <laughs> on Mr. Coates? Oh, Absolutely. It yeah. No. And I'm sure you can listen retrospectively. So crack on to that, listeners. Well, I had a blue with um, Roy Masters on the Offsiders on Sunday, who was just absolutely adamant that, you know, it was all set up. Um, Anastasia had asked him to do it. I'm sorry. It is just having covered a few Olympics and got to know a bit about how the IOC works. Really and truly, they they honestly think they're above politics. They honestly think they're they're their own country and they're bigger than most royal families. And the way he spoke about, you know, the many millions of dollars spent on these opening ceremonies, it was just so condescending, self-serving, entitled. Roy tried to make out as though it was a Melbourne versus Sydney thing and we all just don't like him because it's Melbourne versus Sydney. That was when I knew I was for once winning the argument against him. Because oh, really, totally. I, I thought it was so disrespectful. I mean... Yep. Oh, no, it was ter- absolutely terrible. And thanks for your recommendation about the front bar too. I did watch that on Channel 7 View or whatever it's called. Did you say that, Jane? Front bar, oh, no, it was fabulous in the Aussie track suits. No, I know. And it, didn't it make you feel proud? Like you went through, you had track and field, what's coming up, you know, swimming, 
cycling. It really it gave me a really good, you know, insight into what was happening. I'm going to ask you about um, your favourite commercial that that's come on for the Olympics later on, Anna. But I've got to say, I'm a little bit sick of all those forward promos. I know they do it in the Australian Open. They've really ramped it up. I, and I know, look, they've paid a lot of money for these Olympics, but for heaven's sake. No, hate them. Absolutely. In fact, I think I just block out when I see another home and away car on the edge of a cliff with a wave in the background. I just don't And there's, can't there go seems there. to be some new survivor coming up yeah. with um I think Heath Shaw's one of them. I did And I think Yana Pittman, which then got us going on the history of Yana. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yana mm. drama. Yeah. <laughs> she was Dr. a great Pittman to you, Caro. She was a great athlete, but you know anyway. Mm. Anyway, that is Anna and I my sort of general chat. It's time now very happily, Anna, and I'm going to ask you a few Spanish questions to go to the cocktail cabinet. Miles, welcome to the show and take us to Spain, please. Sure, sure. Spain is um, such an interesting country to be drinking from at the moment. It's um, obviously got a lot of history and winemaking, but it's just, they sort of talk about Spain at the moment being having a real sense of rediscovery. So, Lots of old vines and old vineyards being rediscovered. Fantastic, maybe not so well known, great varieties, a rediscovering of maybe areas that have sort of fallen out of favour that are now looking to be really interesting and fantastic to drink from and sort of a challenging of, of the, the laws in Spain and the, the quality of the wine and whether the laws really sort of work to promote the best of what is Spanish wine. So it's a really fascinating country and full of all its own varietals too. So just really a whole other sort of uh, set of different flavours and aromas and, and textures and great varieties and all that sort of thing. So really, really great to be drinking from there at the moment. Really, really interesting, really cool. So as you know, Corey and I purchased a mixed dozen from you last week, which was um, yeah. very well received in my house. Um, Excellent. Give us, give us your uh, uh, first of all a white recommendation, Miles. Sure. So I, I think in that one I put the, the it's called Adazella Chacuino Albariño. Yes, that so was it. Sadly, it's all go- it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> we can get we can get you more. Don't worry. Brilliant. Tell us about it um, and where it comes from. Sure, sure. So it comes from probably one of the most famous white white regions uh, in Spain, which is the Rias Baxas, which is sort of on the top of Portugal uh, on that on that west coast. So very coastal influence. Um, Albariño is the main varietal. You do see some things like. Uh, Trecadura, Loreiro, they're these native varietals along with Albariño, but Albariño is the main one there and it has a really lovely, I guess, fruit salad, tropical fruit, spice, and sometimes have a bit of pineapple and lovely and fresh and bright. They're generally unoaked, for, you, you, don't, you do see some oaked versions of Albariño. Uh, but they tend to be unoaked, and they're usually better when they're unoaked. And there are exceptions to the rule, as there always is. And that's what this is, unoaked, um, pure, sort of uh, lovely, tropical, punchy. Just, it's such a beautiful wine. I just, I just love it. Yeah, Corrie, Corrie felt there were um, Sav Blanc shades. I, I even felt, um, 
I don't know. Riesling is probably the wrong way to describe it, but it certainly um, was very different to a Chardonnay. I really enjoyed it. Um, nice and co- drink it nice and cold. Very pretty nice bottle. And, and um, yeah. oh, Anna, wouldn't you love to be on the coast of Spain, just above Portugal <laughs> at the moment? <laughs> Where's that magic carpet, that flying carpet? Exactly. Um, what, oh, what, what do the we? Um, what, do we take us there. what does this one going to set us back, Miles? I think it's about about thirty thirty three dollars. I think is is what it is. So re- really well, they're always about that price you see in Australia. That's the sort of average price in that sort of thirty range, and that's a big co op as well. So it's about sixty growers. But what they do is really fantastic. Um, so sometimes it comes in under a different name. It's Adazella Charquino. Sometimes it might be Adazella Arbastrum, and they have a couple of different names, but it's all the same wine. Um, and it's very consistent. It's very good. If you ever see it, definitely grab it. Okay. Well, that's a great recommendation. You sent you sent us some tantalising reds, and obviously mm. sp- Spanish red wine. It, well, it's fab- fabulous to eat with anything. But you've picked out one that looks um, called a ganacha. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. So it's just it's Grenache, but it's the Spanish the the way the Spanish call it ganacha. Okay. And tell us about it. Yeah, so this is this is a wine from from Catalan, so in that Catalonia region, and it's from an area called Montserrat, which the most famous sort of region in that is Priorat. And what that whole region is really sort of well known for is is Garnacha, and particularly this old vine Garnacha. It's a very old vines that make really lovely, concentrated and and complex Grenache. It's a little bit, the Spanish Grenache is a little more savoury than, say, an Australian Grenache from the Barossa Valley. Um, and this has some, a couple of other varietals in there. You often see in Spain what they call field blends. So it'll be main varietal and maybe some other bits and pieces. And traditionally, that's what they used to do there in Spain. And that's what this is as well. And this is quite high altitude as well. So it's got a really lovely, crunchy sort of freshness and lovely little sort of light tannin bite to it. It's a really fantastic um, example of great Grenache coming out of Spain at the moment. Sounds wonderful. And what do we eat with that, do you think? It's pretty versatile. It's not a big wine, so, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go with steak or anything like that. But, you know, chicken would be fantastic. Duck would be great. I always think duck and Grenache is such a fantastic combination if you want to do that. I think a lot of Asian food would be really good with it. I think it's pretty pretty versatile. And, of course, um, if you use the promo code MEWS at checkout online, you'll receive a listener discount, which you'll find in our show notes. But what will we pay for the ganacha? And that's about the same price. It's about $33 on the shelf. So and then you get your 10% off for that for your listeners as well. They're that's... really great value wines. They're really... Have, have, you, vis- have you visited Spain much, Miles? Yeah, I've I've been through I've been through Madrid and uh, Barcelona mainly. I I didn't spend much time out of there. I wish I wish I had spent a bit more. I had an opportunity to, but I I sort of moved on. I wish I'd sort of spent a bit more time in Spain. So I'd love to get back there. Know that feeling. I'll ask Anna in a minute about some of her favourites. But I um I've only been to Barcelona and I need to get back there. Miles, thank <laughs> you for joining us. Enjoy your break. That is a cocktail. I will. And and you can actually enjoy it, can't you? You can actually go somewhere now. <laughs> I know. We're pretty lucky. Just kind of got out of lockdown just in time.
we're pretty happy about that here too. That's a cocktail oh, cabinet for Prince Wine Store, bringing wine enthusiasts the greatest wine in the world. So visit princewinestore.com.au and tell them that Caro, Corrie, and in this case, Anna, sent you. And one day we'll get back to Spain, Anna. I am so, I haven't done nearly enough of it. I know. It's such a big country, though. Like, you, you get the map out and you think, I want to go there and I want to go there, but it's just days of travel. Even Madrid being in the middle, you sort of, you want to be on the, the coast. It's just... Did, do you have a highlight? I, I did absolutely love Madrid and I'd love to go back there. And I love the south. We haven't done nearly enough of the south with the Alhambra and it's just magnificent. You know, Seville, all around there is absolutely beautiful. And the pottery, Caro, the ceramics. Oh. I know. No, and one of the places I've forgotten, oh, Chris will kill me, I've forgotten where it was, but their national thing was the pomegranate. So, that you know, their sort of emblem of the, the, the town. So all the ceramics were green with the pomegranate. I don't know where that was, Joan. Oh, I can't. Where the Alhambra is, I've... How bad's my geography? Anyway, it was just a lot of those got snuck into the suitcase. On one the way of our, home. oh, one of our lovely friends will tell us. Yeah, I'm desperate to get to. I've never and been the to food. Madrid. I mean, obviously in the drink. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Miles. Now for Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. Anna, you have a crush. Look, it's a bit of an obvious crush, but I think it has to be said. It is all our Aussie Olympic medalists, especially our gold medalists, but they're my crush of the week. I mean, it's just so inspiring. I don't know about you two, but I feel I've walked a little bit taller since we've um, started getting some medals. I'm not happy with the verb meddling. I'm just saying that's just... Anna, um, it's not a verb. I couldn't agree more. But just everyone in the water, and I am looking forward to track and field, but I think Aussies, we just, we love the pool. Do you you have a favourite? Oh, it's got to be Ari. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dean Boxall's getting a little bit, he could be on the podium. He's getting a special mention in my crush. Yeah. Just okay. really, um, no, you didn't like his um, celebration? Oh, look, uh, no, 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 I, I didn't it mind it at laugh. all. When I saw it, I thought, oh, God, this is going to go down <laughs> well. I think even Pam Shriver's taken to um, social media <laughs> to call it disrespectful. The Americans and haven't been happy, but I'm sorry, I just thought, how, how incredible that she said, you make a plan, I'll follow it. And it actually happened. I know. I mean, I didn't think she was going to win. I, I was just, like everyone, in your PJs, just tears in your eyes anyway. And then Anna she even, brings it home. Even um, Thorpey, you know, was concerned. In oh. the, and, and his, you know, I, I didn't like him at the beginning. I've, I've been loving, as days have gone on, I've th- I, I thought th- he was too understated and wasn't saying enough. Now, he, now, when he predicts something, he seems to call I, it every time. I think he's measured. I like the fact that he, te- I mean, I don't know much about swimming, so I like the fact he'll say they're breathing every fourth stroke and they're kicking here. I mean, stuff that Basil has no idea about. I mean, Basil's just missed a headline, and that's great, great for commentary. But I just think Thorpey gives you just that little bit of it, an insight what it is to pull on the flippers and get the goggles on and, you know. Yes, Get underwater. There's a bit of yin and yang with him and Basil, isn't there? <laughs> Sometimes he and just Thor- says... They're getting more familiar as the days have gone on. Now Thorpe is calling him Baz, ba- which I'm loving. And I think Thorpe is getting a bit jack of Baz. I think sometimes there's a Baz, shut it down. That's not the story. I have to keep reminding myself that he's actually the mayor I'm, of Perth. Caro, in our house, it's just, what's the mayor saying? I mean, that's what I love about the Olympics. You feel you're there with them. You you know all the, you know, Drew's worried Joe Griggs is going to lose her voice by the end of the comedy. 
commentary. Yep, what she's... do we think of Luke Darcy? You know, there's a lot of banter going on. It's not just... Um, <laughs> Did the... I ever tell you about my night on the Terps with Baz? No, <laughs> Caro. Who haven't you got on the turps with? Well, no, it was it was um oh it was God. in it was in Adelaide. Brendan and I were in Adelaide with our great friends Kate and Ron and yours as well for um, Macca's sixtieth, Bruce McAvaney's sixtieth. Baz was an invitee. Yeah, Baz had come over from Perth. Of course, he had. We were a bit. We at one point. So anyway, a lot of us were staying in the same hotel um, in Adelaide. So after what was just a great night, um, and you know, you know, the, you really like someone. There was not that many, like, there were a few sort of sporting celebs there, but just a lot of Bruce's old friends, huge amount of family, just a was great... Was this when you were on the day floor with Mark Williams? Was that no, the same no, party? No, that was his 50th. Oh, that was yeah. his... I don't know if Mark would be on the day floor with me at the moment, oh, but really, anyway... He was, certainly was then. <laughs> that was the 50th. No, the 60... Anyway, we were all back at um, some big Adelaide hotel. We were all staying. And me, Brendan and Baz and a few others, you know, and Brendan was still at Channel 7 then, so it was yeah. a bit of 7. I think I might have arrowed Baz that year, so we sorted that out. Then we got onto Where's Den? Like, why didn't Comedy come over? And Baz was hysterical. Look, <laughs> it was just a very, very funny night. And he's actually... So he's a lovely bloke. What you see is what you get. And he's so tall. He's he's about... Felt like he's about seven feet. He's really, I really tall. I think I only see Baz sitting down, you know, like this, in the with a microphone in front of yeah. him. No, great company and very, very enjoyable. Is there yeah. a Mrs. Baz, can I ask? Or is that just oh, I, off I limits? I think so. I think so, but she wasn't there that night. I'm not sure, yeah. but yeah, I'm sure okay. there is. But no, she wasn't there that night. Anyway, very funny night. <laughs> the mayor. <laughs> now, <laughs> that was a rather extended crush. We're yes. sort of clearly it's just Olymp- a global crush. I mean, there could have been millions of other things I could have done, but I thought it's the Olympic week. We've got to do the um. Well, well, particularly the ones, the ones um. I'm sort of so admiring of are the ones that are a bit older because you can imagine what it was like when you found out you had another whole year I know. to have to live that very unforgiving life. Oh, my Who Lord. was that? Emily Seabom said it's just been the hardest, yep. longest struggle. Yep, to make the to final again. Yeah. Anyone who makes a final, you know, okay. really is just extraordinary. Anyway, it's time now for BSF. And thank heavens you're here, Anna, because you're going to do all the heavy lifting. Oh, you yeah. said you've been doing a lot of reading. What book can you recommend to us? The book that I'm talking about today is fabulous. It was released this year and it's called Early Morning Riser by Catherine Heaney. And I'll be handing it over to you. Great Never cover. Never heard of it. No. She's actually written short stories. She's been published in the New York Times. She's American. And this is a fabulous domestic drama about love in all its guises and what happiness looks like. So it's it's not only is it really well written, it is laugh out loud funny. And I, don't, I find you don't often get that from a book. I was chortling to myself. Just gorgeous characters. So it's set in Boyne City, which I'd never heard of, which is a small town in Michigan. Do you know it? Where the author... No, never heard of it. No. Well, the author has lived for decades. So she knows the small town, how a small town runs. But it's not patronising small town talk. It's fabulous. And the story features Jane, who's a second grade teacher, who's new in town. She falls in love with the furniture restoring Duncan, who seems to have slept with most of Boyne City's good lady folk. (laughs) So that's just the start. She meets him in the supermarket, fall in love. It's great. Anyway, it's a story of their love affair, which includes a tragic accident that shapes Jane's life in many ways, including what is the question of a family and what creates a family. So... 
it's a big-hearted story about a small town and which provides us with a brilliant array of characters. You know, there's Jane's primary school teaching fellows. There's her best friend, Frieda, who plays the mandolin, her mother, who has no filter, Duncan's ex-Aggie, who sells the local real estate, so she knows everything, and the star of the show, Jimmy, whose life-changing circumstances propel the novel forward. And it was, no, I just absolutely loved it. And the highlight was the infusion of music throughout the novel. Every chapter had lyrics in it. Someone was singing, something was playing. So there was lyrics in every chapter, and that sort of related to what was happening with the characters. So there was like a soundtrack running through the book. So it was really clever. So, no, it was a perfect lockdown read. Can you um, spell the name of the surname of the author? H-E-I-N-Y. I, th- I want to say Heaney. Yep, I guess so. I've never, never heard yeah. of it. She's written, she's actually written something called Standard Deviation, which I'd never heard of, and something called Single Carefree Mellow. And so I did mean, you just find it at the library or the op shop? No, or? no. Someone recommended it. In fact, a friend from the op shop gave it to me. But it's it's released this year. I just love the cover. And it's, you know, one of those just great books that you love the characters. You're just there. You, it's a page turner. It was perfect for lockdown. And it's really well written and it's really funny. Oh, really fantastic. Funny. Okay. No, you'll, you'll absolutely love it. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to hear what you think of Still Life because... Oh, well, that's my next... I'm doing... I'm doing... I've gone back to a bit of Greek mythology. God knows why. It must be lockdown. Once I've finished The Maidens, I'm then cracking on with Still Life and I can't wait. I'm dying to discuss yeah. that with you. Well, look, I, my, I, my only contribution to BSF is screen and yes. clearly I haven't been to the movies, although you and I did have a fabulous time at Dream Horse back in the pre lockdown days. Have you discussed we? that on yes, the podcast? Yes, we have. Yeah. But it, it, I gave it the thumbs up. Oh, totally. I have been singing its praises. Yep. No, really, really good film. Delilah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The end of the... It, it, was a, it was a great film and it must have done well because it seems to still be just sort of hanging on at a few cinemas. It had a longer run than you would have expected. God, great imagine story. being a cinema owner now. I mean, it's just been a disaster, hasn't oh, it? You hope- try and get back to support them, but... I, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing hopefully doing that over the next few weeks. Now, Anna, great news for me, and this was uh, my friend Trudy put, put us on to this one. Baptiste is back, did, series two. Oh, did the last oh, first the first two episodes last night? Oh, did you? Okay, well, I've watched the first two episodes. I'm so bad at pronouncing his name. It oh. is spelt T C H E with a grave K Y, mm. and then Cario. He's is Turkish background. But French and the the actor who's also I think a musician. So it's Tchecky Cario maybe. His character first came in um, with the series The Missing, the British series The Missing that I never saw. Oh, that you've got a treat in store for you because really? that, that's about. Oh, that, have you seen it, Joan? No. It's fabulous and it's all about his family relationship with the wife, the daughter. Oh. oh, no, it's really, it's pretty grim, but it's really great viewing. Well, series one of Baptiste, of course, involved um, people smuggling, a horrific story, and it was set It was set in Amsterdam. Um, this series opens in Hungary. Hungary. And um, 
the, the main character is Fiona Shaw, of course, from Killing Eve. Who that, I absolutely yeah, love. Brilliant actor, and she is fantastic in this. A sort of a similar character, really, um, in, in mm. terms of, you know, what she wears and her demeanour. But An authoritarian. and She is um, the ambassador to Hungary, the British ambassador. She's on a walking trip in the Alps. Which some, looks so beautiful. I mean, put that on your list. I know, I know. With her husband and two boys, you learn pretty early that their daughter is no longer with us. And um, there is clearly, you know, fractures emerge in that marriage and that family very, very quickly in a scene over dinner where two other travellers join them for dinner. Um, She wakes up the next morning and all of her family has disappeared, the two boys and her husband. Um, Baptiste, who is going through his own trauma, which is, I mean, how bleak is Baptiste's life? I know. No wonder he gets on the cans. Well, his beautiful British wife, Celia, is divorcing him in a really sad scene in a restaurant. Um, and you find out why and you find out the tragedy in his family pretty quickly and that unfolds. But the And he, he watches the British ambassador making her impassioned plea on television to come and help find her family. He, for some reason, because he's got nothing else in his life, travels to her and works out very quickly, what no one, none of the local cops have been able to work out. But the brilliance of this show is that it's set in two different time frames. Did, see, Chris didn't enjoy the two different time frames. I real, I th- thought it really worked. Well, I gather, and this you can watch this on BBC One yeah. on um, Foxtel. And we we just we didn't tape it. We just. Watching it episode yeah. by episode, yeah. yeah, it's not one you can stream. You've got to you, you've got to watch it. Oh, I, you, well, I'm not able to get the episode three up. You've got to I, wait I till went next to bed. Tuesday. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. Good. But so, so I, I came home after Footy Classified on Wednesday night. Oh, did you get a wink of sleep? I couldn't <laughs> sleep. I couldn't sleep, and oh. everybody had early starts, including me. So we all went home straight away, even though lockdown was over. And I thought, oh, Baptiste mm. might make a cup of tea. And um, <laughs> anyway, but um, I gather that the two, it's fourteen. It starts in the present day and then it's 14 months earlier. And in that 14 months, the British ambassador has gone from being an able-bodied woman, oh. Fiona Shaw, to being in a wheelchair. I'm dying to know what – that must be episode three, the well, unfolding ones. Yes, and Baptiste has gone from being a fairly couth looking, you know, keeping his act together to a, a wild sort of his, – his hair is turned into a mane. He's got this wild beard. He's, he's, he looks – He's gone crazy and yeah. he's hit the bottle. He's hit the bottle and he looks like he's almost like just living in squalor. And you don't really understand why. And I gather all six episodes, it comes closer and closer, the 14 months, until the... I think that's what happens. I didn't... I thought... We were saying last night how many episodes. We thought probably four. So glad there's six. It's six. That'll take me through winter. And there's clearly an international kidnapping cartel. But why would someone as inconsequential as a British ambassador who gives gives this great speech about she speaks to half-empty rooms, etc., why would someone bother kidnapping? So it's going to get really interesting. That's Baptiste. And he's a great actor. Oh, he's just brilliant. Just as an aside, did you pick that that Fiona Shaw's husband, did you pick that that was actually the guy in Innocent? Oh, it is too. Who I think is an absolute dead ringer for our friend Steve-O. In the Who's second series of Innocent. Yeah. He's in, yeah. Don't you think Steve-O? We just saw him just went Steve-O. I thought he was familiar. Mm. I thought he was, that's where he's from. Mm. Anyway, I can highly recommend Baptiste. You've got to treat everyone. Anna, you have a recipe. I do, and it's a very simple recipe, but it's absolutely divine and perfect for winter. It is lemon delicious. 
Oh, I saw this in the Gourmet Traveller. Caro, that's the recipe. It's the Gourmet Traveller Lemon Delicious. And in fact, I get the um, Gourmet Traveller Insta, which is a really good Insta to subscribe to because they just pop recipes up and it came up on my screen. It's I've given the recipe to Jane. It's just your traditional um, lemon delicious, but it's absolutely gorgeous and it's perfect if you've done the roast, you've already got the oven on or whatever. Like just, putting a pav in, really. Yeah, you just slide it in afterwards, 30 minutes, cream or ice cream. It's really tangy. Like, And lemons are so prolific at the moment. I thought it's the perfect recipe. Everyone's got lemons or a friend with a lemon tree. Absolutely yum. So I've, we've got to stop making. I've got to stop making lemon cordial, and oh, I've, I've got to stop eating Trudy's beautiful lemon butter. Mm, so maybe you, this is something else could, I can do. <laughs> it's just yum. And in fact, I we I cooked it once and then reheated it the next night and sort of really browned it on the top, and it was even yummier. Sort of almost overcooked. So just to remind people, what, so the, what the texture is lemony? Yeah, what you do is you make a cake batter just in one bowl, and you you can really just use a. Up spoon, so you don't even have to get the beaters out. Do that, put that in the, um, and then at the end you have egg whites which you've beaten, and then you fold that in, and somehow the egg white becomes the liquid. So you don't actually pour, you know, like in the hot chocolate pudding, you pour the the water and the sugar and the cocoa over the top. This yep. one, it's it's all in one. So you just put it into your your Le Creuset or whatever you're cooking in. Put a little bit of butter. I sort of um, – because I didn't want to stick around the edges. So it's like this beautiful, fantastic, lemony, fluffy, cakey, puddingy with the beautiful lemon liquid underneath. Sauce underneath, which is absolutely divine and even better on the re-cooking and definitely needs cream or ice cream or both. Oh, okay, great. Well, that's one. So I'll... simple, but it looks really lovely. And like, even if you served it with lemons around the thing, you know, you could really go to town on it. Fantastic. Anna, you've been an absolute winner today. I'm looking forward. <laughs> Tell us the name of the book again one more time. Oh, it's called Early Morning Riser by Catherine Haney. It's got a great cover um, and I really recommend it. It's great. Thank you very much. That was BSF for Red Energy, powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. You can call 131806 for Real Aussie Energy, and the Melbourne-based team will help you out. Very quickly, Anna, I'm grumpy, and you'll know why, because you dropped Mm. by my house yesterday Mm. to pick up the book that I'd left for you in the letterbox. I was grumpy a month ago about the work going on outside my house. I saw it. They're digging the world's biggest (laughs) hole. They told me then, that was two weeks. In it would be another four to six weeks. I mean, this, have you ever cut, seen? I had to do almost a four point turn to park in the. They've, they've almost taken out the road now. Yeah, there's so two car, three car parks mm. outside, and there's parking's pretty tight in our street mm. anyway. Are completely gone. The the um, skipper's gone. I didn't get nearly enough in that skip. I know you missed. That's a wasted opportunity I got, there. I got home one day and it was just filled to the brim with concrete. I was furious. Anyway, <laughs> the massive hole is still there, being covered over. There's ticker tape all around the. I know. Um, it's like a crime scene. Two car parks where no one has been since lockdown. No one has been near the flipping hole to fix up whatever drainage they're doing in the street. So I, I reckon I'll, they'll still be there at Christmas. And I, I'm sure water's just been pouring into it, just absolutely mucking up whatever it was it was meant to be.
It is an yeah. absolute debacle. Debacle. And, and the only house that really affects is mine. You walk out, and it's like it makes you grumpy every time you get home and every time you leave the house. I'm not surprised yet. Who wants that? No. Oh dear me. Anyway, that was grumpy. Now it's time for more. In a more cheery note, six quick questions again for the wonderful Red Energy. Anna, what has been your favourite Olympic ad, as I asked you before, during the broadcast? Look, I think it has to be the Amy ads with Keith. I don't know about you guys, but I I have just laughed. I laughed at the kids' party one. Then I laughed at the one with the hose. But the one with the hammer with the mother-in-law looking on disapprovingly, I don't know whether my brain's turned to mush, but really have absolutely loved them. Oh, no, I, I agree. Do you, like, do you like the Amy or what, what's love, yours? Love the Amy. The only thing, I, look, I, I love the ones involving the Olympic athletes. The one where um, this, the, the brother and the sister are fighting over the breakfast cereal or the... Oh, and, yeah. And, and she says, look, I'm an Olympic. He goes, I don't care. Yeah. I'm, I'm, doing... I'm on the dance floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the most, surely the most successful, one of the most successful ad campaigns were those, they're not on now, the Toyota ads involving footy, you know, like the one with Plugger and the one with, um, and you know, Oh, oh What a Feeling. Whenever yep. I see Oh, What a Feeling, I think Toyota. Yep. So that tells me that must yep. be the most successful ad campaign, certainly that I can remember for a long, long time. See, I, I must admit, the Amy, when you said the Amy, just girl with the bright red lipstick, Yeah, that's I a, think, so I think, I know what you're meaning about brand. Product placement. Yeah, product placement, sorry, I'm not up with my advertising <laughs> lingo. But no, I think, you know, small incidents can be brown up to sort of Olympic proportions. I think that's Amy's message. We're here to help. Yes, couldn't so, agree more. In I fact, love Keith. He just in the red track, he, no, it's really made is, me laugh. Uh, is Trent Conchin and the Bont, are they, Amy, those ads where things go wrong in their lives and they almost, they miss the game? See, they're we, so complicated, those ads, that you, you don't know what, I think that maybe they were, Amy. That's bad that we don't know. I know. That's you know good. Chris went for the ad with the Bont. Oh, and did he? he was a sausage turning bloke, and he couldn't tell us <laughs> that he was going for an ad with a famous person. And then, of course, you know, when, the when he saw the ad, he goes, "That's it." And of course, you know, the sausage bloke wasn't nearly as good as Chris oh, would have been turning. So he yeah. should have got that job. No, That's no, terrible, dis- disappointing. <laughs> it, well, Miss Jane's telling me, yes, it is Amy. Amy, it is Amy. They with- are complicated ads, though, Jane. Yeah, Trent, they go stuff on. Stuff goes wrong with plumbing in his bathroom. Trent's just marooned in the bathroom for <laughs> hours. That that's what happens to footballers when they have to take pay cuts yeah. <laughs> during a pandemic. They have to do ads for Amy. Yes. Um, now, Caro, um, the Melbourne show has sadly, oh, goodness, been cancelled again. What was your favourite show bag? I think and I know. You know the answer to this, Anna. The Don Smallgoods. Every year I loved it with the mini sausages. <laughs> it was the best show bag. The samples were so generous. You, you can have your whiz fizz and what, you, you can, can have, have your, your hoadleys. You can your have hoadleys. your hoadleys. No, You've got six different um, types of, you know, versed fust or <laughs> mortadella or whatever it was. And I was such a little guts no, as I still am. You've always been the savoury queen. And did they have Is Dawn Is Good on the show I bag don't somewhere? Think, no, that wasn't a... Not, Anna, not when we were kids. That wasn't <laughs> a saying back then. I love the Don Smallgoods, but I really am sad the show's been cancelled. It's really oh, terrible. It's terrible consecutive years. I mean... That, that might be something we do post-pandemic. Go back to the show. Oh, I know. Give it a whirl.
world. Give go, it a go. I'm sure they've still got the wood chop and some fireworks. Exactly. And go and watch the horses. Remember taking the kids. I mean, that was a huge thing in your child's year. Absolutely. Off to the show. And, you know, we could really get stuck into the CWA. I reckon we should I do know. that. I know. Can you imagine? I know. Now, Anna, I know you went to work yesterday, but what was the first thing you did oh, when we came out of lockdown? The minute I heard, I put the hand on the phone, rang the hairdresser. Oh. I mean, why wouldn't you? And I wasn't alone. I could not get through. In fact, I'm off today. I could not be happier. I rang the beautician. Yeah, yeah. Na- nails and um, yeah. leg wax. <laughs> really, really overdue. No, hair's worse. I, I mean, your body's covered with clothes. It was just when your hair is just grim. I can completely understand. Now, Caro, American gymnast Simone Bills? How do you say her name? Sorry. I say Biles. Biles, but... probably Biles. Yes, you're right. Shocked the world when she withdrew from Olympic event, citing mental health issues. What's the most deflating sporting experience you've witnessed? Look, I think I'll go to footy and I'll go to the Tigers, which is so parochial, I know. But do you remember the year? Remember when Richmond played Carlton, round one every year? The Tigers have been dreadful for years, lost to Carlton for years. Terry Wallace was coach. Ben Cousins I, I was had going come to say, into the team. I left at three quarter time. Did Ben, ben pull the hammy at. Porter yeah. Hammy in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, everyone was so feeling that this might be the Tigers' year. year. They got absolutely thrashed. It was terrible. Absolutely fogged. I, I wrote an article about it for page one of The Age saying it was almost the excitement building up to this game was almost Freeman-esque. I think Patrick Smith absolutely <laughs> smashed me in the rival paper for saying it, for being so ridiculous. But I, I just remember um, driving home that night and getting home in a text from my colleague Jake Niles saying, biggest pricking of a balloon I've seen in footy. I mean, it was just... The biggest letdown. There was so many things to be hopeful about and it was just so disappointing. Which is why, you know, and I've mentioned this already um, on the public spectre, but Cathy Freeman, what she did. I I mean, people are talking about the pressure Simone Biles was under. What about the pressure Cathy Freeman was under? Oh, and she lit the flame with all that incredible. I mean, In her home country. Yeah. Oh, do you remember when she won that race? I mean, you were just like, thank God it's over. Yeah, really. exactly. Like it was, I just cannot, uh, you know, we couldn't go on a spectators. Imagine her. Have you seen that documentary with her? No. It's it's really incredible. It's got, I think it might be Bengara, Modern Dance, you know, the company. They do music to her words and it is absolutely fascinating. It's really good. It's on ABC. You can eye view it. It's great. As the years go on, that, that feat only becomes better and better. Oh. I just wish she'd worn hadn't worn that suit. I wasn't mad on the suit with the hood. Wasn't well, mad on the suit. But... I, I realise that's very shallow, but anyway. <laughs> now, Anna, um, let's hark back to the days of GLTs. Do you have one for Look, us? Look, mine is a bit of a boring GLT, but I'm just doing an enormous shout out and not a word I ever use, please all go down to the Pran Town Hall and get the jab. They're so fantastic there. They're efficient. They're nice. You're in and out quickly. The sooner we all get our second dose, the better it will be. That's a great suggestion. Eddie Maguire talked on Footy Classified on Wednesday night about this plan to keep the grand final in Melbourne involving um, testing on the Wednesday. And Melbourne... um, uh, Visit Victoria's all over this. Is I think it, it's gone to the state government and the AFL. Tested on the Wednesday, another short a test as you go into the game where, where they can get a result in 10 minutes. But I have to be fully vaccinated to go. He didn't mention that. And he said there's a view that that doesn't stop you from being a spreader. But certainly that would be 
an addendum, I reckon. Well, they're saying now, I was listening on the radio, that for like, like Bruce Springsteen will only play to people who have been fully vaccinated. It's become this thing that, yep. you know, performers are just saying, you know, apart from Eric Clapton, who's saying as if, which, you know, no bit, surprises. Bit but, disappointing. Bit disappointing. But, you know, if, it, if anything makes people get the second jab, going to them. The G. Well, certainly, certainly, footballers. Yeah, footballers are in the in the off season. The AFL is going to start so, that uh, campaign, and that's going to be fraught with problems. But let's hope most of them yeah. come to the party. But Paran Town Hall is fabulous. If you haven't got your act together, they're really good and they're quick, and it's great. Yeah, I was jabbed there too. Yeah. Can I just put in a word for the Melbourne Exhibition Centre oh. where I got my first jab? I was standing there in that incredible building, thinking the only thing that could make this better is if that grand piano wasn't just sitting there silent. And then a volunteer walked in and started playing the most incredible oh. classical music at the Melbourne Exhibition Centre, one of the world's great buildings. How beautiful. I literally, I've got the shivers up my neck now thinking of it. And it was one of the most incredible moments I've ever experienced in Melbourne to be in that building with classical oh, piano. She's trumped us there. Sorry, oh. Pran Town Hall. Oh, look, I think Pran Town Hall's pretty, I'm a bit parochial, but I reckon it's pretty good as a town hall. Oh, so I reckon but, it's a pretty boring town hall, but I, but I was also jammed. There yeah. and tested there. Yeah, no, look, I love, I love Greville Street. Don't get and me wrong. And the tessellated tiles. No, it's all right, the town hall. <laughs> no, look, I just, I thought I was going to be there for hours and it was, we were a well-oiled machine. And funnily enough, our friend Ro, who wrote in at the beginning of the show, we were both there together and we're both there on Friday together. Really? Oh, well, another it, jab. Well, our old school captain and um, friend Jenny Kaninda no. was was in the same uh, was in the same queue as me too, which was funny. Yeah. So it was good to, and you know, you're both in masks and you're in and out. But yeah. it was, yeah. No, I'll, look, it's a bit of a dull jail ten. I had lots of other ones, but I thought, look, common good. No Get jab, fantastic. Kaz, um, oh, it's Beatrix Potter's birthday. I love Beatrix Potter this week. Is there still a place for her? and her stories in today's social media-driven society. Oh, Anna, absolutely there is. In fact, not only is there a place for it, never has it been a better time for the old Beatrix. Couldn't agree more. The Lake District of England, oh. wouldn't you love to be there at the moment? Oh, Jemima in, Puddle Duck. I know, the most, Peter Rabbit and, oh, no. and that one. Tom Kitten, <laughs> Samuel Whiskers. Uh, people, uh, I've got a couple of friends who said I'd never read them to my children, they were so boring. But when you watch her story and what she did and the way, you know, and the way her the artwork of her stories and, and those books transcend everything that is going on today. And you know she self-published Peter Rabbit. I mean, she was at her own publishing. I know she got with Warm Publishers later on, but yep. she she was just... Have you ever seen the film with Renee Zellweger? Absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. And I can't An believe... An unusual casting, but it worked. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> I can't believe people didn't read those books to their kids. My kids love them. They were terrified of Samuel Whiskers. Yeah. And John Joyner, the little black sort of schnauzer dog. Oh, we love them. Yeah, Jemima Puddle, Jemima Puddle Duck was my favourite too. And Jeremy Fisher. I'm Jeremy Fisher. Oh, he was fantastic. But I think, and I found Peter Rabbit a bit scary. Mr. McGregor, mm. Mr. McGregor, me. really menacing. Yeah, mm. yeah. But there was something. There's something now about you know, particularly now people are sea changing and tree changing. I reckon Beatrix will have a revival if she if she ever oh, needed one. And also, how gorgeous for young people just to have this beautiful world. The illustrations were incredible. No. Now, everybody, that was the podcast for this week. Thank you to Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity, gas, and also to the wonderful Prince Wine Store who took us to Spain today. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. 
And I've also got a little update from Corrie, ladies. Of course, missing Corrie today. She's having a bit of a break after the bookshop closing down. She has promised you, Caro, she has news on the bookshop's future coming next week. And she sent me her footy tips. Brilliant. Oh, I was going to see if Anna would step in, but that's great. Corrie will be back next week. Anna has been an absolutely brilliant stand-in. You can connect via Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to get our show notes delivered to your inbox every week, hit the sign-up button on Facebook or in our show notes. Or you can send us an email and we'll subscribe you. Email feedback at don'tshootpod.com.au. We're absolutely loving your feedback, so please get in touch. And Anna, don't shoot the messenger. This podcast is proudly supported by Red Energy, most satisfied customers 11 years in a row. Isn't it time you called Red Energy on 131 806? And Prince Wine Store, bringing wine enthusiasts the greatest wine in the world.